Jesus and Dolls, it is me, your mediocre queen of Essex here from Drag Race UK, Cheryl Hall, and welcome back to a, another iconic episode of Girl Group Gossip, the podcast where we chat all things girl groups. Yes! So this week, we are diving into one of the iconic girl groups of the UK, the Saturdays. You will know them best as Frankie, Molly, Una, Vanessa, and Rochelle. These girls are iconic. They've got a back catalogue of hits and bops and club anthems. And do you know what? We're going to dive in with them. But it's not just me chit-chatting about the Saturdays. We are joined by a very dear friend of mine who will be my guest co-host this week. It is YouTube star and author Riyad Kala and Joining us later on in the podcast, we have got a very special guest joining us, and it's only the blonde bombshell from the Saturdays herself, Molly King. So joining me as my guest host on the podcast today is a dear friend of mine. He's a YouTube star. He is also an author of the book, Yay! Yeah, Yay! Now what? He is also a Radio <laughs> 1 presenter, and he's appearing on the new season of Celebrity Chef. Please welcome Riyad Khalaf! <laughs> Hi. <laughs> Hi, my darling. How you doing, honey? I am fabulous. I mean, I'm sitting here in full drag, dressed to the tens, so, you know, I'm ready to rock and roll. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. I'm delighted to be here. I mean, it's my favourite things, girl bands, you... Um, and us just having random banter. Let's jump in. Just talking shit, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Honestly, it's so good to hear your voice because obviously lockdown, all that nonsense palaver. We've been kept apart. But you see, people wouldn't normally know that, you know, I have you around to my place on the reg for dinner and wines, but we've been sort of separated recently, which is really sad. I know, but now we're reunited in the podcast form. So obviously you were on Girl Group Gossip and this week we are talking about the Saturdays. Now, what was your first memory of the Saturday? What do you remember the most? <laughs> So I was 16 years old and I had just done, I had just started doing a work experience placement at my local sort of like pop music radio station. Camp. And I remember I was sitting there at the desk, just pretending that I knew exactly what I was doing, where in reality, I was just freaking out that I was working in a radio station. And I heard I, at the time, I think it was the head of showbiz for the station turn around and go, oh, they've just launched a new girl band. You never guess what their name is. And, and I was like, oh, what? And he goes, the Saturdays. Can you think of a, a more ridiculous name? The Saturdays. Not so stupid. <laughs> and me trying to fit in and like get a job in the station. I was like, oh, yeah, like how stupid. Let's turn on their music. So the the song was up and it was playlisted on the station um, just that day. And I swear to God, my little gay heart fluttered. I was like, this is such a bop. Honestly. Like it was beautiful. And Ever since then, I've had a love affair with their back catalogue. And uh, it's not my favourite song. Well, you'll find out what my favourite song is in a little bit. But um, yeah, I was hooked from the very first moment. And let me just say, for the record, I think The Saturdays is a fucking exquisite name. I think it is genius. And do you know how they got the name? Because they were just like, what do we call ourselves? And they were like, well, Saturday's our favourite night of the week and we like to go out on a Saturday, so let's call ourselves the Saturdays. 
I mean, do we need any of these sort of like arty farty uh, reasons to pick a name? This is perfect. If you like something, name yourself after it. I mean, I'm I'm called Cheryl, but I would have liked to call myself like Digestive Biscuit. I think that would have been camp. <laughs> yeah, it would have. I mean, are you talking with or without the chocolate? Are we having brown or not? Mm, I'm 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 gonna go with chocolate for a bit more flavour. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> okay, a bit more sweetness. No, but I'm with you. <laughs> Up was the first song that I knew about, and it's quite funny because that was the second song they released, but it was the one that everybody sticks with and they always remember they never remember what was the first one if this is love <laughs> oh i know that one so the first song was like a slow ballad i didn't know that it was the era where all the girl bands were doing like floaty cutesy kind of music and you and you needed something with a bit more oomph and i think up was definitely that yeah i mean when i think back to like lady gaga bursting onto the scene of course she had a load of wacky crazy numbers before she became Lady Gaga and then um, Just Dance came out and it's just impossible to not be addicted to it it's such an earworm and I think that that's what happened with Up yeah do you remember the video they were all standing in opposite directions on a circular turnstile yeah like they were a car in a showroom spinning around (laughs) they were dressed in fluorescent colours so even if the video popped up it was the tights yeah and and you just couldn't ignore it it was there in your face and it was brilliant at that time you had the sugar babes you actually had girls allowed as well and it's just like it was another british girl group and they just had to try and find themselves and i think artists like gaga definitely stepped everybody's pussies up in terms of like visual aesthetics mm-hmm. because everybody was like oh we're gonna be edgy because we're gonna wear different colored tights for each colored member so it's like <laughs> is that what you're really doing for branding for a girl band but it worked because you remember it i know but simpler times simpler times i wish we could go back oh i think it's so much easier do you know what my sister her the queen she uh, she said to me once, she was like, I'm going to do a drag mix with Up and I'm going to cut it with The Apprentice. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know how this is going to work. I'm trying to hear so The Apprentice. Oh, no, like clips from The Apprentice, like, you're fired. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever been to a drag show, Riyadh? Yes, I have, but it's been a while, okay? I've been stuck in this flat for like three months. <laughs> I know, I know. Did you have a favourite member, Cheryl? Do you know what? I always gravitate to people that I think I know the best and I think I'm going to get on with the best. Okay. And obviously, you know, Rochelle and Frankie were in S Club Juniors before they were in the band. Yeah. So I felt like I already knew them. So they were the ones that I... And Frankie, she had that haircut that every girl... Well, not every girl, but most girls had the... The long on one side, short on the other. The Victoria Beckham. Yes. And it was just like, everybody wanted to be Frankie from the Saturdays. Do you know why I, I, it's so funny you said that. Frankie was my favourite as well. And it was for no reason other than in my head, whenever I came across an actress or a singer, and I was trying to evaluate if I liked them, (laughs) I thought to myself, if I was the straight version of Riyadh, would I date that person? And I think out of all of them, for some reason, I thought, yeah, I can see me and Frankie running down the beach, holding hands together, singing, if this is love. (laughs) 
But you know what? If we're talking on like the straight versions of ourselves, I think me and Molly would be a dynamic duo. Mm. I don't see it, if I'm honest. Do you not? <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Right, tell me your reasonings why. <laughs> well, because you're like, you know, Essex Massive, and she's very, I don't know where she's from, but she's, you know, she's Molly King, you know. Hello. Um, and, I mean, maybe there could be um, a romance there in another universe, but I can see you with Frankie or with Rochelle maybe a bit easier. I feel like Molly would calm me down. I don't know. Is this bitchy? Because this isn't even the real world that we're talking about. I think, <laughs> Riyadh, we're just living in this fictional world for the last three months. So I know. <laughs> <laughs> Did you know that initially that Girls Aloud cast off songs were given to the Saturdays because they were under the same record label? So any songs that the girls didn't want, they were just passed straight away to the Saturdays going, uh, well, here's the scraps of me. Would you like these? Oh. They didn't take them. They were like, excuse me, lady. No, we want bops. <laughs> oh, my God. I wonder, there has to be one song in in all of the songs that they've recorded that was going to be for GA. I wonder, we'll never find out, though. That's probably under lock and key, that information. Oh, of course. I love that. Yeah. It's like, you know, Telephone was meant to be for Britney and then... Gaga wrote and she kept it for herself. Imagine Britney going, Stop telephone and bike. No, it wouldn't have worked, would it? Exactly. So life's got this weird way of panning out, doesn't it? <laughs> so, so Frankie was your fave. Do you think in time, as you got to know the Saturdays as, as like, you know, a group, your kind of, your love spread to the other members? Like syphilis? Well, here's the thing. <laughs> Stop it, darling. I've never had syphilis. Yet. Clemid, on the other hand. <laughs> <laughs> She's got the clap. <laughs> anyway, before we get into uh, real personal issues. No, I have to say, with every girl band, there's always something that I love about every single member. I've never had a total favourite. And I know people can argue that Cheryl's your favourite in Girls Aloud, but mm. that's just a namesake. I love every member in the group for a different reason even every single lineup of the sugar babes i love every one of them do you know what i mean yeah but who was your favorite yeah so it was it was frankie initially just because i i thought in in a parallel universe that we could be together have little um mini riads and frankie's running around and all of that but then over time like i said i just fell in love with all of them equally there wasn't a favorite and i thought that it was actually really different to, say, the setup of the Spice Girls because they, they were like, you know, sporty, baby, sexy, all of that. Truly branded. But this was just, you know, a bunch of girls having a good time and they feel like your mates. They're not over, over um, packaged, if you know what I mean. Yeah, it's not like completely, we're branding you like this. People are going to like you for this. It's like they can just be them and just be camp and fun. Exactly. You're not like an action figure because I, I listened to um, another podcast um, where Melanie C was talking Sporty Spice about what it was like back in the day when she was in the band. And she said actually having that identity thrust upon her was really hard sometimes because she didn't always want to be a tomboy. She didn't always want to be 
talking about sports or wearing a tracksuit. Actually, sometimes she wants to be really feminine and wear a load of makeup and yeah. and feel um, you know vulnerable and delicate or whatever. And she couldn't do that. And so I think that it was really great with the Saturdays that they were allowed to just sort of be who they were. They were they were kind of like a package deal. It's like you're getting all these five girls that are so camp gorgeous iconic mm-hmm. just having a camp old time and you weren't having to go oh well I don't like it because I don't like sports do you know what I mean yeah exactly now do you you've been following these girls for years and years and years do you remember any key iconic moments from their path do you know what there's lots of iconic moments that happen in the girl groups and it's like me a girl group connoisseur like <laughs> <laughs> I always cling on to like the very niche things that nobody even bloody remembers. Like, do you remember in like the the late two thousands when every girl group and every pop artist was a spokesperson for Nintendo DSs playing on the Nintendo Dogs and Mario Kart? <laughs> I just remember the Saturdays sitting in a lounge, going, "Oh my god, your dog's so cute." I know, but it made them so relatable. Do you know what I mean? I think that's the thing is. The the Saturdays were around before the internet was really like hopping and, you know, before we had our favorite people that we followed on Instagram. Yeah. And I think, you know, in a world where now we have these people just at the click of a button, the Saturdays invited us into their world. They did a load of TV. They, you know, appeared on on various different shows and they kind of just were themselves. They weren't overly PR'd. Oh, yeah. And I think that was the era where people were watching daytime tv more i'm not saying they don't these days but everything is so accessible on twitter and instagram i mean when they first started i remember following them on twitter because i was like 2008 yeah. not not as cheryl but i was on twitter and i was like looking constantly to see who was on and tweeting away and i just remember seeing all the girl bands popping up i was like i feel like i'm having a conversation with them <laughs> but then i realized how twitter works and <laughs> you're not actually chit-chatting with them they never replied <laughs> Yeah, just constantly ignored and left on red. I think that's the story of my life. But I think another one of my favourite iconic moments of the Saturdays was when they went ghost hunting with a vet fielding. Oh, yes. So iconic. I mean... I would love to go on that show now, but does anybody believe that stuff anymore, honestly? Yes, I do. I believe it 100%. I would love to just sit there and do a seance and have Martin from 1863 tell me that I'm a little bitch or something. <laughs> I think that'd be great. But you know what it's like if you take out that Luigi board and start flicking it around <laughs> you and you don't close it down properly, then that's it. You're done for. Have you not seen Paranormal Activity, Cheryl? It's dangerous stuff. I will be dragged down that stairs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Hello. But the thing is, is, I might even enjoy it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. A ghosty, a ghosty <laughs> tapping me on the shoulder. I'll be like, buy a girl a drink first. <laughs> so do you have any iconic moments that you remember and really relate to the Saturdays? I remember that there was this teenage disco in Dublin called Wesley. And it was where all of us sort of underagers went for our first ever experience of having a dance floor and a cheeky kiss. With a J2O. <laughs> oh God. I know. Well, they, the thing is, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, but I'm going to say it anyway. We'd have a few cheeky bombers in the car park before going in. 
oh, of course. <laughs> and it was, you know, really, really a coming of age moment to, you know, go in there. I was terrified because I was such an uncool young guy. I'd never kissed anyone before. Um, I was 16, 17, and I remember standing in the smoking area and just chatting to a few of my friends. And there were a, a group of girls that were in the club that had come up from a school in the countryside in a place called Wexford, and they were delighted to be in the big city. And one of them came over and said, will you shift me, mate? Will you shift me, mate? What's that mean? And that means, will you kiss my friend? <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God. And this was in front of all of the lads and all of the girls in my school. So they were like, come on, Riyadh, come on, you can do this. And I remember I went in and, and we, we started kissing. Her name was Julianne. And she had the suction mouth, that kind of and washing machine um tongue and it was it was horrible and i remember there was derude sandstorm was playing and then they mixed it into a saturday song i don't remember what saturday song it is but they mixed it into the saturdays so really they were the soundtrack to my first ever intimate moment with a female and the last one <laughs> well you can thank the girls for that <laughs> I have to say, I, I mean, I uh, will hold my hands up and say that I may have snuck into a club underage using my brother's ID. I mean, I'm probably going to get called out for that. But um, it was the, t the era when the Saturdays were doing All Fired Up. And I remember walking into the club and it was Chicago's in Chelmsford. Oh, and <laughs> the Saturdays All Fired Up was playing. And I was like, I meant to be here. This is a sign. <laughs> Somebody get me a Jaeger bomb. I found my people. Honestly, it was. <laughs> so that song has always stuck with me. And if I'm in a club, if I'm at like Heaven or a McCoobar in London and I hear it on, I'm like, clear the dance floor. I'm doing the full on choreo. And the death drop, of course. You've got to pull out your signature. I mean, now I'm getting older and the joints are seizing up. The death drops are coming few and far between now because she's losing her touch, Riyadh. How are your knees holding up? Because that can't be good for you, hon. Do you know what? It's it's never the knees that you t that take the impact. It's the inside of your leg and your bum and the top of your shoulders. So if you're falling on your knees, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> but do you know what? I think because I'm getting older and because I'm getting lazier and <laughs> not working out as much i mean i haven't i haven't done a run or a sit-up or anything in about three years <laughs> so i was praying that the dancing of the clubs were going to keep me fit but three months of not performing on stages i'm like i've lost my touch and i'm dreading going back out to the clubs and like especially if i'm performing all fired up and i'm like trying to go for it i'm gonna be like someone get me an asthma pump when I see you perform and you're really like giving it socks and you, you drop down to the floor in one of your many ways that you do, I'm always really worried that you're going to like rupture a testicle or something. I'm just afraid for the little boys down below. Yeah, they're away for safety. It's all good. Okay. Now, I, I did drag a long, long, long time ago and I did perform the Saturdays back in the day and it was some of my happiest memories. But there was two, well, there were three types of, of girls that I used to work with. There were the, the girls who put the puppies up back inside themselves. There were the girls that just sort of pushed everything yes. back. And there were the girls that just let everything hang loose. Which camp do you fall into, Miss Hull? <laughs> well, let's just say that the girls are hidden away like the crown jewels. Okay. <laughs> 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 
I bet yours were out for the world to see. No, I was in between. I was the in-between camp. So they were away, but they weren't inside. <laughs> You're dipping your toes in the water and not jumping in. Three pairs of Primark Spanx. That, that did the trick. Oh, well, yeah. We all know Primark is the drag queen's best friend. Oh, yes. And, and they have to be, I think, like two inches too small just to really like suck you in. But I, we're, we're um, going off topic here. I know we're meant to be talking about the Saturdays. Exactly. Can I tell you my five favourite tracks from the girls? Of course, Riyadh. So what are your top five Saturdays tracks for me? And let's hope we've got some mutuals. Okay, so number one, because it's it's what made me realise that they even exist. It's got to be up, right? Yes, of course. Um, number two, Notorious, because they were bad bitches. And I played it over and over in my car. Um, Question. Are you doing this in chronological order of like your favourites? So like one is your all time favourite or is this just a general top five? As I go down, they become more my favourite. So these are like, I really like them, but they're not my favourite. Okay, continue. Uh, Number three, not giving up. Do you remember the music video? They had those fluorescent tubes. It looked like they raided an office. So good. Yes, of course. I have always wanted to do a music video like that Mm. if i could do a music video cross between all fired up and not giving up with like the black and white with the water scene and all fired up and the neon but the thing is cheryl whoever designed and directed their music videos is still out there they didn't just die in 2014 when the band ended so if you look into it you could probably hire that person I mean, Riyadh, I haven't got the the, the music budget, like... <laughs> Are you mean Virgin, Virgin Media isn't paying me? <laughs> Darling, I'm not disclosing the, uh, the paycheck, but let's just say I'm not sh- shopping in Waitrose yet. I'm still an Audi. Okay, okay. For now, for now. For now. Um, okay, number four. So this is my favourite single track on its own. Number four, Just Can't Get Enough. Of course. I know we're going to talk about that more in in a bit, but it's just so bubblegum, so pop and and unapologetically just whatever. Let's have fun. Let's dance around. Do you know what? Some people would argue that that's not a Saturday single because it was a cover. Wait a minute. Did you not know that's a cover? I mean, yeah, I did. (laughs) Yeah. It's a a cover of an 80s song. I don't know the original, though. I've got the computer here. Let's just Google it. It's by Depeche Mode. Yes, I hear it now. Yeah. Oh, of course. I'm so sorry, Depeche Mode. It's like your mum and dad at a disco kind of vibes. Yes. Your mum holding a Pinot Grigio going, Oh, I remember this. <laughs> Lorraine is a Sauvignon Blanc girl. Don't get it wrong. She'll come for you. Oh, Jerry's an anything girl. If there's a, <laughs> if, if, if there's a drop of alcohol, she's there. She'll sniff it out. I think that's probably where I get it from, except for beer and red wine. Okay. You want to know my ultimate, ultimate? Go for it. So the ultimate has to be seven minutes and 41 seconds of pure, unadulterated Saturday's joy, which comes in the form of the Mega Mix. <laughs> How did I know you were going to do the Mega Mix? Oh, and it starts off with Shauna Paul. <laughs> yes. And you know what? It's like a cheat. It's, I'm cheating here because it's, it's like all of the songs in one, but I don't care. Yeah, I'm not going to give you that. But you know what? I'm also going to give you that <laughs> because I think it is probably one of my favourites too. But I hate to tell you that it's not included in my list. Okay, so go, go fire ahead. Okay, so if you're, if you're going from one to five, five being your favourite, I've gone five to one. 
Okay. So my number five is issues because I had to throw a ballad in there. Okay. Okay, you're not you're you're not on the issues jump wagon, are you? Not really. I'm sorry. I'm a sucker for a ballad. I really am. It's just a little bit too slow for me. I love that they went there. I love that they tried the slow stuff. But I I believe that those girls were destined for a bop. Oh yeah, and the thing is, is you know I'm bops across the board, but sometimes sometimes the train has to slow down. <laughs> And if the train needs to slow down, they're going to listen to Issues by the Saturdays. I hear you. Now, I'm trying to think back. Did I listen to Issues during quite a devastating breakup? Did that song? I mean, I think it would go hand in hand with a breakup. Me and my heart, we got issues. My heart, we got issues. Don't know if I should stab you or kiss you. <laughs> I mean, that's a lyric and a half. Yeah. Um, next one. Okay, so number four is up the earliest memory of the Saturdays for me. Yay! Just because I think I'm going to bring the coloured tights back. Because mm-hmm. I'm a fashion icon, clearly. We saw me on Drag Race. And you don't want to shave. Well, I wear tights all the time, darling. I'm rocking my hairy legs right now. <laughs> um, number three, I had to include their only number one single that they achieved which i think is an absolute crime which is what about us with shana paul that's a great track i have to say that is really good and it was rightfully deserving of a number one but do you know what there were so many songs in their back catalogue that were so close to being a number one but people like kesha kicked them off and i was like really really so what they retake number two number three yeah oh that's so annoying they had like 13 top 10 hits come on give the girls a break but what about us was their only uk number one anyway number two is notorious because i'm the outlaw i'm the big boss i'm a gangster on the dance floor (laughs) yes we both agree on that do you think that 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 song has the start of it anyway has a real vibe of kylie minogue can't get you out of my head I see that. I hear that. Can you hear it in your head? I want it. I got it. No, no, no. I can hear that now. <laughs> I mean, not not the opening lines, but when the beat starts, definitely. Yeah, the beat. Yeah. It's a great song. Yeah. It's like Pop 101. You know how to make a song. And saying that... Okay. My number one song... Wait, can we have a drum roll? Can you just take that back for a second? Hang on. And your number one song is... Is obviously all fired up because I feel alive, and I think that's. Just we needed like, more of a moment, Cheryl. I know we need a soundboard with like bam, 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 applause and stuff like that. <laughs> but no, it is my all-time favorite Saturday song, and I know yours is not giving up as well. But if you listen to them side by side, they are basically the same formula of song, and I'm totally fine with that. And I'm a hundred percent here for that. Do you know what I hate? I hate pop music snobbery or snobbery in music in general. Yeah. This kind of like, oh, well, oh, it's just a rhythm. It's just it's just like um, a formula where it's like, bum, 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 bum. You know, it's um, a template of a song. It works. So what? It makes me feel good. It makes me, you know, forget the crap that's going on in my life when I go for a run. It helps me party with the girls. So... Leave me to it. Yeah. And I have to say, I have always wanted to release music. And it's always these girls that I look to and go, this is the kind of vibe that I would love to release. I want a club anthem that I can perform on stage. People can play in the club and twirl to and just forget about everything and have a camp old time. Because 
I think that's what the world needs. Oh my God. Is this an exclusive? Are you telling the world that you are about to drop some music? <laughs> well, if I could get in a recording studio and actually had some decent vocals, maybe. But until then, <laughs> hold on to your knickers because they ain't going anywhere. You don't have to have good vocals. You could just auto-tune it or get someone to sing it for you. <laughs> yes, I'm going to get um, Gaga on the... Get Molly. Yes, I will hit up Molly. I will hit up Molly. Um, but the girls disbanded in 2014. So obviously they were huge names in the UK scene and they've all gone on to do different things. So like, I love the girls that went down the TV route. So you've got Rochelle presenting on This Morning. Mm. You've got Una judging on The Voice Island. Yeah. She does a bit of radio. Does she as well? Mm-hmm. Iconic. I mean, Frankie did Strictly in 2014. I thought she was brilliant. Mm-hmm. And obviously we've got Molly coming up in a bit, and she's on Radio 1, like the biggest radio station in the world. But the one I love the most is Vanessa is still slaying the game with the music industry because she's, she's released some music, but her main thing at the moment is songwriting. And I bet you didn't know that she co-wrote on a lot of the Saturday songs as well. Oh, wow. Well, you know, that's where the money is. That is in writing songs, it's not performing it. It's like if you can get your credit on a track as a writer, you're sorted. Exactly. And... I mean, I just wish I wish I had the skill sets. I wrote a verse on Break Up Bye Bye and it was all right, but <laughs> it wasn't the winning one. Which, okay, which bit with Europe again, Tommy? Category Essex, they call me Cheryl Hull. I'm sick of playing games now and working with these trolls. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not doing the rest. I'm not doing the rest. I love it. Oh my God, I feel so privileged. I've just been given a, an exclusive performance. Thank you. I don't have any dollar bills to throw your way. I mean, I will take pound coins at this point. <laughs> <laughs> I'll bounce them off your forehead. Um. I will go to a coin star. Don't even have to test me. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so we've chit-chatted enough about this girl bands. I think it's about time we have a little break, have a little tinkle, and we come back with our extra special guest. It's only Molly King from the Saturdays. We'll see you in a bit. Woohoo! Hey, kitty girls, I'm Jeffrey Boyer Chapman, and I will be hosting Canada's Drag Race official podcast every Friday. From the challenges to the runway, we will cover all things Canada's Drag Race. Available Fridays where you listen to podcasts. So welcome back, my divas. Like I've said throughout the podcast, I am joined by my fabulous co-host, Riaz. But joining us now, live from London, it is our very special guest from the girl group herself. It's only Molly King for the Saturdays. <laughs> hello, hello. I'm so excited to be on this. So thank you so much for having me on. Darling, it's an absolute pleasure. I have to say, you girls were absolutely crucial during my college years, <laughs> getting me through dancing up in the clubs. So all fired up was my anthem. <laughs> but Molly, we've got some stories about our first interactions with you. So Ria's got a hilarious story he wants to tell you. Oh, go on, Riyadh. So Molly, like we work alongside each other sometimes in Radio 1. Yes, we do. And it's such a joy to be in there. And I think you know what it's like when you start in such an iconic place. You're kind of starstruck, but you got to pretend that, like, it's all chill. It's all, like, this is totally normal being on Radio 1. Yeah, I know. And I remember I was 
finishing um, recording a podcast in one of the big studios. And I think I knew I was going to be walking into your studio. And I've been a super fan of the Saturdays forever. <laughs> and I've never told you this, but I had to turn around to my co-host Alex and said, I said, Alex, hold me, help me. Tell me everything's going to be okay. I'm about to have an interaction with Molly King. <laughs> and, and, you know, it's not cool to fangirl about one of your work <laughs> colleagues. I think I held it together. But then I think a couple of weeks later, I was on air on, on early breakfast and you were doing um, you were doing breakfast from the other studio and I was handing over to you. And I remember just thinking, I'm handing over to Molly King. And I looked over to my left and there you were in, in the host seat with the biggest hair rollers I have ever seen in my life in your hair. I mean, they were big enough I could fit my fits through them. And I was thinking, people always say that radio isn't glamorous, and this is it. We put an effort in, even when no one can see us. Rihanna, it's got to be done. You know that, right? I mean, I mean, how embarrassing. I know everybody else kind of, like, rocks up, like, super chill, and I'm there still pretending that I'm, like, living the girl band dream, rollers in, lip gloss on. It's like, Molly, <laughs> nobody can see you right now. I don't know why I'm doing that. When I do early breakfast, you know, it's like a 2.30 a.m. wake-up call. It's, it's the most difficult thing in the world, but I still make sure I spray myself with my most expensive aftershave. I put on the hair product. I even put on a little bit of concealer and foundation. And it's for <laughs> me. That's all it is, right? It's got to be done. I think you've got to feel like, you know, you're show ready, haven't you? Because I can't really just rock up and feel like, you know, how I do when I instantly wake up in the morning. But God, I've got to let you in on a secret. I actually have the rollers in my hair right now. Stop. <laughs> Honestly, I just got off the exercise bike and I look like a complete like drowned rat. And I was like, do you know what? I need to put these rollers in because the hair is definitely not having a good hair day. So I have those rollers in right now. I need to I need to part way with these rollers, I think. I think I wear them way too much. <laughs> no, no, there's nothing wrong with the rollers because if I had real natural hair, I would be rocking them. No. No, they work. <laughs> oh, well, listen, I remember that meeting as well. And I remember instantly thinking, oh, my gosh, you are so lovely. Oh. So on the same wavelength. And then we recorded, I think, a bit for my show with Matt together, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. And um, oh, I just thought instantly, like, how much I adore you and that, like, you and I would instantly click. So... Yeah, it's been so nice getting to know you at Radio 1. It's weird, isn't it, going in there? Because you feel like, you feel a bit starstruck, but you've got to play it cool. But you sort of walk around and, you know, there's like Nick Grimshaw there and Annie Mack and Scott Mills, like people that you've really looked up to. And you're like, oh my gosh, I've got to be cool here. Yeah. But it's quite hard to kind of remain, you know, pretty normal rather than wanting to scream, which is kind of, yeah. <laughs> See, we're all just fans of each other. <laughs> Big time, guys. We are big, big fans of each other. That's why I'm so happy to be on here chatting with you guys. Honestly. And Molly, I've got a story as well. Whilst we haven't physically met in person, uh, the first time that I ever saw you girls live, it was at V Festival in 2011. Oh, my goodness. And it's stuck with me since because all the girls walked on for Ego. Uh -huh. And then five seconds after Vanessa starts singing, you come running onto the <laughs> stage. And I want to know if you actually remember... <laughs> why you were late on stage. Do you know what? That sounds about right. So 
I don't know why, but I'm always running late for everything. Um, and I had this weird thing where because I always seem to be the last of us girls to walk on, it then became a bit of a good luck thing where I would always have to be like, the last one to walk on but oh. i don't know why i was late i should have been there for the obviously for the opening like few lines of that but i don't know what held me up i think you were taking the hair hair rollers out that was probably <laughs> it <laughs> taking the rollers out it's definitely that it's definitely that yeah oh my god oh gosh how embarrassing so molly i just want to kick things off and obviously me and ria have already discussed our favorite saturday song but is there a song that still sticks with you that's your favorite all-time single oh okay well i can't wait to hear what you guys think i think my favorite one has to be i think probably higher just because it's like a out and out pop song like it's so unapologetically pop and i think the minute i first heard that song i was so excited and i thought right this has to be released as a single totally um I mean, I love All Fired Up as well. And I feel like when we performed that live, that was the one that went off the most. But I think that probably Higher would be my favourite. Like, I love the routine. I love the video. So I think if I had to choose, it would be that one. I mean, what are you guys saying? Well, my favourite is actually All Fired Up. So Because I'm a club girl through and through. So the minute I heard All Fired Up, I was like, okay, get me a vodka Red Bull and get me on that dance floor now. <laughs> <laughs> do, do you know what it is for me it, what I love about it, pretty much every Saturday song is from the first couple of beats you know exactly what vibe you're at you know that everything is going to get crazy on the dance floor and that it's unashamedly bubblegum pop yeah. joy um, yeah. and I think the song that really screams at the most out of your entire back catalogue has to be it's just can't get enough. I just can't get enough. <laughs> I mean, I'm feeling so pumped up just from that. Really? Honestly. Do you like do you like that one? I feel like it's one that um, it sort of haunts me in a little bit of a way. I mean, why? <laughs> do tell. Do tell. I don't know. I feel like. Do you know what? With that one, I can't help but think of around that time we were doing so many like corporate gigs. Yeah, I feel yeah. And it was still like so. It was so early on in in the day, so we were doing a lot of um like super small venues, and um which was amazing because you got such a kind of reaction off everyone that was there. But it it sort of. That song does haunt me in a way of like, oh my goodness, I just remember us feeling exhausted because we were doing sort of like three clubs in, in one night just to try and make sure that everyone knew the song and still trying to get the Saturday's name out there. But it was also a really proud moment for us because it was a charity single. Yeah. Oh. Being asked to do something like that was a massive like achievement and something where we felt really proud. Um, but yeah, those openings didn't. Dun, 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 dun. I'm like, oh my goodness, quick girls, get in your starting positions. <laughs> <laughs> I feel you with the uh, like song association because I did a mix on tour uh -huh. for the season one tour and halfway through the mix comes Sierra's level up. Yeah. And I just know the minute I hear five, four, I'm like, oh my God, I'm exhausted already. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing. You feel tired even hearing the start of it, don't you? You're like, oh my goodness, here we go again. Let's do it. Honestly. So what what do you do, Molly? This has always been something I've, I've thought about with people like people like you. 
artists. Um, when you're out and about, you know, just getting your shopping in Tesco or, you know, mm-hmm. having a route through the sales aisle in Topshop, you know, because that's yeah. totally you. And your yeah. song comes on and you're surrounded by 20, 50 members of the public who know the song and know that it's you. Do you run for the hills? Do you have a little box? Do you do you glance at people and go, yes, yes, it is me? Like, what do you do? I just do the full routine. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> do you know what? If I'm out and about, I get quite sort of, I get a little bit shy. So I, I might just keep my head down. But if I'm listening in the car and something comes on the radio, then I completely turn it up. And embarrassingly, I probably still sing along to like the harmonies and stuff, which I really shouldn't admit. Um, But I just I feel like I love the songs so much at the time. And I still love them now because I have so many amazing memories. Um, So if I do hear them pop on the radio or something, then I mean, I'm definitely turning it up and I'm singing along. But if I'm sort of out and about, like getting my shopping, I might I might just keep my head down for that moment. But inside, I do still get like a really proud feeling. And do you hear them pop up like quite often? Um, It depends. There's definitely some that pop up more often, like. You know, at, at Radio 1, they still pop up quite a lot in the anthems show, whereas there's a lot more kind of throwback songs. Yeah. And I think in that, I would hear songs like Higher and, and All Fired Up, definitely. Um, but if I hear something like Issues, Our Ballad, or something like that, then that's always a bit more of a surprise. I'm like, oh, my gosh, you know, blast from the past. But I do still always smile inside and just get that really warm feeling of like, oh, my God, this is so cool. Like, this is my song. So, yeah, I don't think that will ever go away. Oh, so you're not walking down the cheese aisle, then you hear, I'm the outlaw, I'm the big boss. <laughs> I mean, I wish, I hope so. I mean, I've heard it in a Tesco's before. <laughs> we need to go shopping together, that's all I can say. Honestly, Essex Tesco's are popping right now. <laughs> but Molly, I just want to ask you, what was your most fondest memory of being in the Saturdays? Like, was it something ridiculous that happened on tour, or was it an achievement? You you far away oh gosh so hard um I think going on our own headline tour was amazing because we started off and you'll probably know this we started off supporting Girls Aloud Mm -hmm. and for us that was just the most incredible experience we would have our set beforehand and I think we were on for about 15 minutes performing just in front of like a, a black curtain and then the Obviously, we'd go off stage and the curtain would drop and the girls allowed set would come on and the girls entered the stage by flying down from the ceiling of the arena. Like superheroes. Oh, my gosh. What an iconic moment. To sexy no, 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 I think it was. Mm -hmm. And I remember us just watching and thinking, oh, my gosh, if we can ever have our own arena tour, that would just be the most magical experience it was kind of like beyond our wildest dreams so the fact that we did manage to do that in 2011 I think it was is something that I still look back on and think that's just an amazing thing Mm. and that for me was just something that when I look back and I just think oh I just had so many amazing memories and getting to perform in front of our fans and getting to travel um but we also we filmed a show over in LA, which I loved doing for E. So that again was something which is a bit of a pinch me moment where I think, 
God, we we filmed a TV show for E. Like that was our moment of kind of feeling like a Kardashian for a couple of months. So that was pretty cool as well. <laughs> yeah. Hitting up the gay clubs in West Hollywood. <laughs> oh, you know it. It's got to be done, right? The Abbey, all of it. Yes. Exactly. Going back a little bit further, Molly, do you remember like getting that initial phone call? I don't know who it was from or what they said where, where you were told you're in the band. How did that go, co- come about? Okay, so what happened was, so we were actually being auditioned to be put together as the Saturdays. And it was myself and Una who were at the first round. And I instantly saw Una because I loved her jeans. And I thought, oh my gosh, she is so beautiful. So I went over to her and I was like, look, I know we're sort of, you know, technically at this point, we're kind of auditioning against each other to get into this band. I was like, but mm. you are so like beautiful and stunning. And by the way, where are I was like, where are your jeans from? as well so we instantly clicked oh you know it babe you know it always shopping even auditions me so um (laughs) clock the levi's (laughs) so instantly una and i bonded there and then i think there were another kind of four or five rounds where i then met rochelle and then vanessa and frankie were there at the final stage um and i think there were maybe seven or eight of us at that point so we were all kind of looking around the room like oh my gosh who's going to make this and who isn't and then they said to us that our final stage of it would be going into the record label at Universal Um, so we all thought that that was like our final chance to kind of sing in front of the big bosses but we got there and there were just five of us there and they were starting to talk about plans and the fact that we would be touring with Girls Aloud and I think it was Rochelle who actually said to like the top of the head guy from the label, she was like, um, can I just ask you, have we made it? Like, are we in the band? <laughs> and he was like, oh, yeah, has nobody told you you're the band? Oh, my God. And I was like, oh, my God, I've dreamt of this moment since I was six years old. I kind of imagined it to be like when they announced like the X Factor final winner, like fireworks, <laughs> pyros. And instead it was like in this office and this guy was just like, oh, yeah, you're in the band. It was the weirdest feeling, but my mum was parked downstairs in the car and I just went like sprinting downstairs to my mum and just burst into tears. I was like, I can't believe this. I'm actually in a pop band. Oh, Molly. So, um, yeah, it was a really funny moment, actually, because you kind of do imagine it to be like, you know, you kind of imagine like you raise me up to start playing and fireworks to be going off in the sky, but instead it's just kind of, you had no Derma O'Leary anywhere to be seen. What a letdown. I know, right? What a letdown. <laughs> but um, it, no, it made up for it, you know, the, the years that we had together. So it was quite a funny way to be told, like, yeah, your dreams have come true. It was a bit bit of an odd one, but, but it's still really good, like, looking back at it. <laughs> well, yeah, I feel yeah. <laughs> Did they set up any of those sort of... Um, awkward uh, bonding things because you always hear of these new bands they might throw them all into the same house or force them to go on a holiday just so that they get to know each other yes yes how did you guys like go okay we're sisters now how did that so what happened was we had been told yeah in this kind of awkward meeting that you guys are the band and then after that we were like okay well you know when are we going to start recording? So they had said to us, this is another funny story, actually. They said to us, right, we're going to fly you out to, I think it was Norway. We're going to fly you out to Norway and you're going to record half the album there. So we were like, oh my God, this is like 
full-on pop star dreams happening here. And we're there imagining that we're going to be in like some penthouse, you know, MTV crib style. And we get there and they had booked us, all five of us, into one hotel room. And we were like, <laughs> okay, this is kind of not how we imagined it. So I think two of the girls, I think three of the girls were in like this double bed. And then myself and Rochelle were both sleeping on the floor. And we were like, okay, we've definitely told, we've definitely told all, all of our friends at home that we're like living the rock star lifestyle here. And here we are sleeping on the floor. <laughs> oh my God. But um, it was definitely a way of like bonding, getting to know each other, <laughs> um, you know, kind of like, oh, get out of the bathroom. I need to tongue my hair. All that kind of stuff where you really need to know each other. <laughs> so uh, that was definitely a good way of, knowing each other very quickly i would say yeah <laughs> right i know i mean at least you got that experience on drag race you're just shoved in a hotel room by yourself and you can't talk to anyone so you know <laughs> i just want to know molly like the saturdays were at a crucial point in the noughties where fashion was at its finest so is there any fashion moments that you would bring back i think one of my favorites was the gentleman music video when you were all in the 1950s like red desperate housewives-esque dresses which i think should make a comeback oh my gosh did you really like that babe or are you just being kind no i genuinely loved that video did you? <laughs> um, yeah do you know what i quite liked parts of that video how it was quite like it had the sort of poker scenes, which was us all in more like tuxedos and really chic and, and you know, monochrome. And then it had exactly like yeah. you say, like the Desperate Housewives setup. Um, so I quite like the contrast there. There's definitely fashion moments that I would not want to get back into up wearing <laughs> those coloured yellow tights. I don't think I want to put those back on. Um, but there are loads where I think, oh my gosh, I wish I could just get into that dress again, just knit down to Tesco. Like some of our tour outfits were full on sequins. Yeah. I think it was our all fired up tour. We had these kind of silver, super short, like mini dresses and they all had cutouts. And I remember just feeling like, oh my gosh, I feel like a pop star in this in this dress. And I wish that I kind of still had that and I could just rock it on a daily basis. Do you not have an archive of all your tour costumes in your wardrobe? I've got some of them. I need to see whether I can still squeeze into some of them. But there's not really an occasion to wear them at the moment. Although, to be fair, like in lockdown, who's to stop you, really? <laughs> um, but yeah, I've, I've kept on to as many as I could do. Because I, I just think there's something fun that, you know, I can look back on in years to come. So... Yeah, I'll definitely be still trying to get into it when I'm like 60, like telling the kids, girls, you know, boys, mum used to be a pop star. And they'll be like, all right, mum, like, bore off. But uh, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Molly, not to be a Debbie Downer here, but, you know, in, in 2084, when, you know, potentially none of the three of us have any work. <laughs> Those outfits could sell for a mint and you could be sorted. <laughs> that's, that, that's true. I know. Maybe I should keep on, keep hold of those for that reason. Who knows? I mean, times might get tough. Just being a realist. <laughs> keep it real. We've talked about, you know, the nostalgia, the outfits, the, the smile it brings to your face when you hear your songs being played out in public. But I want to know, what are the things about being a member of the Saturdays that you don't miss? That you're kind of like, oh, thank God I don't have to do that anymore. 
God, that's so hard. I feel like when I look back, it's kind of like one of those relationships where you look back and you only remember the good things. You know those ones and everyone else around you is like, oh, no. Um, I just only, I only really remember the stuff that I loved. And I mean, I, I definitely remember feeling really exhausted, especially like in those first few years. I, we didn't have a day off in quite a few years, but it never felt like work. That's the thing. It just felt like we were living the dream, which we were. Like, yeah. I remember saying to the girls, we're just a group of best friends and we're going around singing and dancing. Like, this is amazing that we're actually getting to do this because it's what you dream of when you're, you know, a youngster. Um, I think probably just the early start. I remember we obviously being five of us and having to get glammed up. I, I know for things like um, Good Morning Britain, and I think it was called like Daybreak back in that in the day. But um, I remember I got into the makeup chair first, and I got in at two thirty a.m. to to start getting glammed up. <laughs> People are still in the clubs. <laughs> I know, right? People are still like go entering Mahiki at that point. Um, but I don't really miss early start that early. But there's nothing else really that I look back on and think, oh, you know, good riddance to that. I, just... I, I promise you, I wasn't trying to get a bitchy answer. I'm not the son. I wasn't trying to get you to say, oh, well, Vanessa, what a pain. <laughs> <laughs> I know you're not paid. <laughs> I feel you. I can be head to toe ready in full drag in two hours. So if I need to be ready at 9am, I'm like, alarm set for 6.50. Give myself 10 oh. minutes to wake up and then I get going. Exactly. There's nothing worse than feeling like rushed when you've got to get glam, is there? Like you need that time to just get yourself in gear, I think. Oh, yeah. I need a Red Bull. <laughs> and Cheryl, how long does it take to get out of drag? <laughs> <laughs> Three minutes and one makeup point. <laughs> Don't challenge me, Riyadh. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. The corset is off. I love that. Oh, so Molly, what are you up to now? We know you're on Radio 1, slaying the game up in there. And besides kidnapping Greg James with Alan Carr, what else are you up to? Oh, my goodness. So, yeah, Radio 1 is definitely, like, my main thing at the moment, which I'm loving doing. I absolutely adore that. So I do that the weekend breakfast show, Fridays, Saturdays and Sundays. Um, I'm also recording my own podcast, which you both will have to come on. I would absolutely love that. We're there. We are there. Done. Deal. <laughs> I'm also working on a, a TV project, which I can't say too much about at the moment, but I'm really excited. It's still very much in early stages, but um, it's got a little bit of sort of glamour to it. I think you guys will like it. So, yeah, there's quite a few things going on, really, but definitely Radio 1 is my sort of main focus at the minute. I cannot wait to see what's coming up for you, Molly. Anyway, I just want to thank you so much for coming on, having a chit-chat with us, having a little gossip about some girl groups and just being an absolute legend that you are. Oh, thank you so much for coming on. I've had so many laughs. Sorry about my loud old cackle. It just gets it gets the better of me sometimes. But you guys have had me really laughing. <laughs> I've had to endure Davina DeCampo, so... <laughs> <laughs> Oh, babe, you know it. The rollers are coming out now and I'm going to whoosh my way off down to the kitchen. Thank you, Molly. <laughs> love it. Thank you. Lots of love.
Oh, Divas, I just want to thank my amazing co-host this week, Riyadh Kala, for joining me, chit-chatting about all our favourite memories of the Saturdays. And more importantly, I want to thank Molly King for taking time out of her busy radio DJ live to come chit-chat with us and share some camp old stories. So if you enjoyed this podcast, make sure you stay tuned for another iconic girl group gossip and make sure you check us out on all good social medias and streaming platforms yes until next time my divas i love ya i love ya i love ya done